This is the Retirement Solution Podcast with financial advisor John Hicks, founder of J. Hagen Capital. And I'm Heather Branch here with John talking about things that you can be working on now to better prepare for your financial future retirementsolutionradio.com. That's where you can go to begin your own conversation with John and his team at J. Hagen Capital. We've also included links in the show notes. You can click there or again, that website, retirementsolutionradio.com. So wrapping up summer season, getting into summer season's like the big movie season, but there's also, the, I feel like fall is also in their big movie season. Yeah. Um, however, I will say that movies are so different now. Ever since pandemic lockdown life, so many streaming platforms have come to play. So I don't even know. It's like there's so much content now. My eyeballs start to roll back in my head when I think about all the places to consume entertainment now. Oh, sure. Uh, but one movie. Have you seen the movie of classic Hollywood? One of the greatest bromances between Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are back together again in this movie. It's called Air. Have you, it's streaming on Prime. Have you seen it? I haven't. No, no, I have not seen that. That's the one about um, uh, when Nike was trying to make a bid to get Michael Jordan, right? Yes. Okay. Nike took I, a I huge risk back in 1984, and they built the shoe line all around a little unknown NBA rookie. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. I'm willing to bet my career on Michael Jordan. Oh, come on, man. If you look at him, if you really look at Jordan, like I did, you're going to see exactly what I see. This is what? The most competitive guy I have ever seen. He is a f***ing killer. I mean, I do like Matt Damon. Mm. I do like Matt Damon, and he does sound convicting in this movie, so I, I am interested to see it. That's one that I, I wouldn't mind watching. I think it's interesting to get the perspective of when Nike was a nobody. Back in the day, it was Adidas... Absolutely. It was who else was uh, big in the uh, 80s? Converse. Converse was huge. Uh, Reebok was bigger mm-hmm. than they are now. Nike um, was just a new player in the game. Nobody really gave too much about it. And then this guy had a gut feeling about Michael Jordan, and he was like, "Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make these Air Jordans, and it's gonna change everything." Absolutely, because after they got Michael Jordan, they pivoted, and they also obviously kept Jordan, but yeah. then they added Spike Lee. Of all people, Spike Lee, along with Michael Jordan, completely changed the entire trajectory of that company. Yep. I mean, if if you look at Phil Knight, you know, who was the guy that founded Nike Shoes, Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at Phil Knight's uh, valuation and net worth now, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. In one of the last estate planning seminars that I taught, we talked about how Phil Knight from Nike has legally and honestly transferred billions of dollars of Nike stock to his kids, and they will never pay taxes on that money. Uh, so I did a little bit of research sure. about you know, how how he has uh, accumulated his fortune. Yeah. Uh, but but I haven't seen the movie yet. I need to do that next. Uh, we were just talking about I mean talking about him and other you know intuitive business minds because I follow Sarah Blakely on Instagram. She's just oh, I think she's so fascinating. And this, Sarah Blakely was the founder and uh, inventor of Spanx. Yes. She was she never took an investor ever her entire building of the company until last year she sold the majority of it um but anyway she just recently posted on instagram this whole post about something that they don't talk about in business school or even in the boardroom is the importance of intuition mm. and how so much of that having feelings and understanding and the space you're moving forward through is so important in the business development but the interesting thing about it is how you have to sometimes flip the switch when it comes to our money on a personal sense, because 
when it comes to building a business, I do believe in intuition and following your gut. But yes. when it comes to our market investments, oh, yeah. the emotions that drive so many people to make bad decisions is so very real. And it's completely different too. I'm glad, right. I'm glad you brought that up because the amazing thing is, cause I've had people ask me about this in the, in, in the past say, John, you know, what does your gut tell you? I'm like, Hey, it's a little different. <laughs> and, and, and what you just mentioned from Sarah Blakely and what, you know, what we can talk about, you know, in the, in that, that air movie, even though we haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. we're aware of how they made those, those decisions, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can look at, uh, locally here. You can look at how University of Kentucky either selected Mark Stoops to be the football coach or how they recently selected, uh, uh Jeff Brom to come in and be football coach. A lot of those things are based on guts, yep, okay? Yep. And here's a big reason why that works in those situations, because you have control. And in those situations, the difference that major uh, players in business, like on Shark Tank, mm-hmm. a lot of what they're looking at is the numbers first. Don't ever be misled and think that they're using all that theatrics on, on television right. to hide the fact that they know their math. They know what they're trying to achieve. But that secondary factor of that is their gut. And yep. here's the reason why. Those sharks know that they can control distribution or they can control manufacturing or they can control cost or they right. can control all of these things, marketing and so forth. And every one of those guys can do that. And that's what businesses do. And that's now, the difference. And that's the biggest difference in the world. Because when we're thinking about how we do our investments, people always have hunches or they have bets or they get the stock tip or they get all these things. And guys, there is not a single thing wrong with any of those things. Mm -hmm. Here is the biggest difference, though, between running a company and using a gut intuition versus investing. Mm -hmm. We don't have control over what those board seats or those board members are doing for a publicly Mm -hmm. traded company. We have no idea how the market is going to respond to that asset class, whether it be precious metals or commodities or small cap or mid cap or large cap. We Mm -hmm. can't control interest rates, which means that we don't know if those companies are going to get squeezed because they can't finance those major facilities and expansion projects. We can't control how they're doing their hiring. Are they able to fill those cubicles with good quality people? to increase that productivity for that company? No. And all of these things are why those gut bets when it comes to investing are often, unfortunately, very misaligned with you doing successful investing in the long run because we can't control them. One of the greatest things that I've ever heard said about Warren Buffett is that he was such a great investor, da-da-da-da. Guys, that is just really untrue. Warren Buffett, when he buys a a portion of Coca-Cola or Krispy Kreme, or Benjamin Moore paints because he owns all these and maybe mm-hmm. he still does or doesn't. But when he's walking in there, you know, Warren Buffett didn't just give him money. He's on a board somewhere telling right. them exactly what they're going to do. He's like, right. listen, these Krispy Kremes are not hot and airy enough. When you do that, you need to have that hot sign on all the time mm-hmm. or whatever he says. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is, that means that his investment, he's impacting that company. It's not right. gut checks for him. He might have that gut check as far as do I want to be in this business with these people? But it has nothing to do with those just thoughts. The best thing that we can do when it comes to personal investing is a four letter word. I know. But there's no way around it. Math. We have to understand how much we can afford to risk and what that associated risk is at the current price. It's very, very, very simple. And I know we just sounded like a nerd there for a second, but now I'm on my financial uh, professor uh, uh, soapbox here for a second because I see so few people do this, Heather. So few people do it. And you also have to look at what is the risk-free rate. Now, this is super important. I'm going to slow down for one second because this is of ultimate importance. 
Last year and the year before, regardless of what the market did, what were CDs paying? What were banknotes paying? Like less than 1%. And now, and so the risk-free rate, if we owned a government treasury two years ago, Mm -hmm. was about 1% or less. So people invested more into the stock market. Why? Because they, they couldn't afford to live off of just 1%. Flash forward now, the risk-free rate, either I just looked it up before I came in the office mm-hmm, this morning, mm-hmm. uh, either if you want a completely risk-free money market fund backed by government treasuries, 5.35%. If you want a nine-month CD, you might get closer to 5.65% today. Now, those either have FDIC or they're fully backed by the government. Now, that is the risk-free rate. So the question is, what on earth do we expect stocks to do that is so much better than that five to five and a half percent? See, guys, this is the question. And this is where I say math. Math is that four letter word, because if we realize we may be taking, especially if we're three to five years before we want to retire and maybe need to live off of some of this money, we really have to do that math. And unfortunately, it goes against a lot of your guts. But I promise you one thing, there are very few people that solve things mathematically that end up crying in the corner in a fetal position because that gut check just didn't work for them. But the other side of that is, unfortunately, it happens way too often than it should. Thinking about not only doing the math, but also finding what our options are after doing that math then, John, because the whole idea of how we look at stocks, particularly with the folks that you work with, thinking about their retirement years and being in that space. I mean, this article in Wall Street Journal was just pointing out how boomers are hooked on stocks. They can't let go. Sure. Even though the boomers in particular have seen plenty of pullbacks, they still stick with the market. So thinking about somebody who is 55, 60, 65, or even 72, trying to discover how how to better place their money, how to better invest, what options are there? Well, if you think about it, it's perfect. And I mentioned it a moment ago when I said the risk-free rate. So the objective is, is that Heather, you know, if the long run, and I'm looking at a chart right now, since 2000, since 2000 going all the way through to now uh, September of 2023, Mm -hmm. the S&P 500 with no fees, no taxes, no advisory costs, none of that is averaged 6.44%. Okay. Okay. Most people think it's a lot higher. And guys, in any portion of this 23-year period, there were times when the market actually made nothing or was negative, and other times where it made 11 or 12%. Okay. But if we look at around a 23-year period, just from 2000 to now, it's averaged a little bit less than 6.5%. So the question is this. If 6.5% is probably the long-range expectation for the S&P before fees and taxes, Mm -hmm. what else is out there that can give us some similar results, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when I said a second ago that you can get a money market paying five and some change, that is pretty dang good. Now, do I think we should put all our money in money markets when we like the sexiness of the market? Of course not. But what are the alternatives? So there are things out there that we've been using so much more now because rates have changed. Right. We, some of these things, uh, structured notes. This is where we get a bank to back up and they can actually put safety nets or even fully principal protect our money. But we might be able to get all the way up to 10, 11, 12 15% on the upside of the market. Mm-hmm. So think about that. If the risk-free rate is currently 5%, mm-hmm. and you know that you can get 5 but you want more than that, how about if you still didn't risk any principal and got as much as 15% to the upside? Guys, that's not so bad. That's not so bad at all. There are other concepts called insured indexing 
where we can get our money insured, either by a bank or, or, or a trust company or a uh, insurance company, and they will guarantee we can't lose a penny, and they'll literally put the word guarantee on that. But they will buy options on a stock index, like the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ, or take your pick on any of these other things out there. But because interest rates have gotten so good, Heather, I've seen some of them, you can get as much as 30 to 35% to the upside in some of those things. Hmm. Now, are there downsides to this? Sure, it doesn't always make money, but you really need to explore those other alternatives because I do see that people have just gotten almost kind of manic about the idea that they have to have money in the market, but they're not paying attention to the risk they're taking. So the main thing is, is to understand, even if you want that market upside, wouldn't it be nice to use the current environment to eliminate or completely reduce that market downside? Because if you do that correctly, you might have a win-win situation going forward into retirement. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Begin the conversation about your savings plan with John and the team at J. Hagen Capital by visiting retirementsolutionradio.com. Be sure to listen to John's radio show, The Retirement Solution, Saturdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 840 WHAS. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if J. Hagen Capital Inc. is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. It does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims payability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Jonathan Hicks. Insurance license number 548962.